today I want to talk to you about breaking family curses and reverse the curse. I want to make a statement here that you need to hear with ears of understanding so that nobody says I said something I didn't say. If, everybody say if. If all Jesus did was die for us on the cross and pay the price for our sin, how many know that would be more than we could ever thank him for? Say amen. Don't go out and misquote me because people love to take this stuff and say, the pastor said this or so-and-so said this. You need to hear what I'm saying. If that's all he did was die for us because somebody has to pay the price for our sin. If all he did was pay the price for our sin that we could make heaven our home, we could never repay him. But folks, that's not all that he did. He did more than forgive us of our sin, but he broke the curse of our sin. If somebody gave you a gift or gave you an automobile and they parked it out in the parking lot, you came here on a bus, but they said, you know what, I want to give that person a brand new Mercedes Benz. How many felt the anointing just then? And they put it out there. The keys are there. It's gassed up. The title's there. The insurance is paid for. It's all there. But if you didn't know it was there, you could walk right past it, get on the bus, and take the bus back home, not because the gift wasn't already there and paid for in full. Somebody say amen. Say paid for in full. It's been paid for in full, but because you didn't know it was yours. You saw it. You walked right past it, but you didn't know it was yours. It would do you no good. That's the same thing on the power of the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. Because when you apply the blood of Jesus, you're applying the most powerful weapon we have in destroying the enemy and moving in victory. Somebody say amen. Okay. One of the truths that we need to understand in this is that the moment we get saved or the moment we receive Jesus as our Savior, every sin that we have ever committed, I don't care what it is, I don't care if we've been raised in a church pew or we've been raised in a prison cell, every sin, somebody say every sin, every sin we've committed, that sin is gone. As though it was never, ever done. It's not covered over like somebody makes a typing error and they put white out on it and then somebody can come and scratch that away and see the mistake. That sin is if it was never committed. It's called being born again. But a lot of people who receive Christ as their Savior, now hear me on this, don't go any further. And they still live under the penalty or the wage of their sin because they don't know that not only did Jesus pay to remove the sin, but in the way that he died, he broke the curse of that sin. With every sin, there's a curse. With every cause, there's an effect. Are you with me so far? And so a lot of Christians are going to hear this for the first time on these tapes and realize, man, I've been born again, but I'm still reaping the consequences of the curse of my sin. We're going to break the curse and we're going to reverse the curse today. Somebody give the Lord a loud amen. amen. Look at John chapter 8, starting with verse 30, uh, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now watch this. Jesus is speaking to 
Jewish people who believe because they're Jews and because of their blood sacrifices of lambs and doves, etc., that they have a relationship with God. Okay, that's who he's talking to. Now watch this. Jesus said to them, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now look at their response. Then they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Then Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whosoever commits a sin is a slave to that sin or is in bondage to that sin not only in bondage to committing that sin and that's why we talked in the last table about breaking family curses but they're in bondage now now watch this they're in bondage to the results or the wages or what we've earned through that sin remember god said be not deceived Whatsoever a man sows, that also shall he reap. And so this is a revelation that they don't yet understand. And Jesus is saying, when you commit a sin, you're a slave to that sin, but you're also in bondage. Everybody say bondage. You're in bondage to the results of that sin. All right, now watch this. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free... You shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your anointing today. Lord, I ask for your anointing as I speak and teach your word and your revelation that is going to break and reverse every family curse. And Father, I ask your anointing on every person that is in this room hearing and every person that's listening to this tape. Lord, let the revelation of God come and not only make them free, but make them free indeed through the revelation of the Word of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. We receive it. We count it done. Satan, you are defeated from this point on in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now watch this. They're coming to, Jesus is coming to the, these Jewish people. And he says, when you know the truth, when you understand, everybody say understand. When you understand. See, see, folks, we're not talking about being able to speak the truth. We're talking about being able to understand the truth. You know, when we pastored over in Australia, Tiz and I had a parrot. And we taught that parrot to say, pay your tithes. It said it, but it didn't do it. It could parrot it. A lot of Christians can parrot the Word of God. But there's no power in saying the Word of God. But there's power in understanding the Word of God. Amen? Jesus comes and he says, if you understand the truth, the truth will make you free. And they say, what do you mean free? We're free. We're descendants of Abraham. We can go into the, to the mercy seat of God, sprinkle the blood of, of a lamb or a, of a dove, and by that blood, we're free. And Jesus is bringing a tremendous revelation to you and I today. He said, yes, you're free because your sins are forgiven, but I want to take you a step further that through the blood of Jesus, not only are you free, but you're free indeed. Or let me put it this way, you're free, and on top of that, you're free indeed. Now listen to this. The word indeed, and you forgive me if I slaughter the pronunciation in Hebrew, is elio theraho. 
When Jesus said, you shall be free indeed, the word indeed means not to be a slave, unrestrained, liberated, exempt from the moral liability. Now watch this. Watch this. The Jews could always have their sins forgiven. Now, don't misunderstand me. Every one of us needs Christ as our Savior. But the Jews could go to the mercy seat of God, sprinkle the sacrificial blood of a sacrificial lamb or a dove or a, or a bullock or whatever, and through that blood, their sins were forgiven. But they weren't exempt. They weren't free indeed. They weren't exempt from the moral liability of that sin. Are you following me? See, a lot of Christians claim the blood of Jesus. And they say, the moment we claim the blood of Jesus, we're forgiven of our sins. And that's true. And the reasons that's true is you know that the moment you receive the blood of Jesus Christ, that Jesus to you and I is Jehovah Sitkanu and Jehovah Mekadesh. He is my righteousness and he is my ongoing sanctification. That as I'm serving God, should I stumble? Should I fall? Should I make a mistake? I can call upon the blood of Jesus. It's immediately, say immediately. It's immediately there to sanctify me and cleanse me. It's an ongoing stream that never runs dry. Somebody say praise God. Okay, but it's not just free from the penalty of our sin, which is death, but it's also free from the wages of our sin, which is the moral liability of that sin. Are you following me? Jesus is bringing them into a tremendous revelation. Turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 3. And, and I encourage those who are listening this by tape that you follow with us in the Word of God and gang, get a marker and get a pen and write in your Bible. I like what uh, one preacher said. He said, if you got a Bible that's so holy you can't write in, get a glass case, put that in the glass case, put it aside somewhere that you can never have to worry about it, but get a Bible you can write in so that while you're reading the Bible and while you're studying the Word of God, truths and revelations can come back to you for the rest of your life. Galatians chapter 3. Now look at this. Galatians chapter 3, starting with verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, we all know that the one who hung on the tree, his name is what? But if you notice, now you've got to understand, the Bible gang is never written accidentally. There's not one word in here that's an accident. And so when it's talking about the one who hung on the tree, in this case, he doesn't say, God doesn't inspire the author to say Jesus who hung on the tree, but by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Now listen to this. He inspired him not to put Jesus who hung on the tree, but he inspired by the Holy Ghost to put Christ. Because remember, as we said in the first tape, this is written to Eastern-minded people. It's written to the Jews. Jesus is just another name to them. But Christ meant something very, very powerful. The Old Testament declared that the Christ would come. You that are listening by tape, listen to this very carefully. The word Christ, when we talk about Jesus Christ, the word Christ is not Jesus' last name. 
And it's not a title. See, as, a, as American Christians, it's kind of become like Pastor Larry or Pastor Benny or Pastor so-and-so, Jesus Christ. Christ is not a title, but Christ is an anointed description of who Jesus is. The word Christ means the anointed one. The word anointed to the Jews meant the one who had the power from God for the burden removing and the yoke destroying power. Christ is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Now watch this. When Jesus teaches them and he says to them, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They immediately responded and said, what do you mean? We're free. We can go into the mercy seat of God, sacrifice the blood, and be free of our sin. But Jesus said, but when you receive the Christ, you not only become free of your sin, but you become free indeed. You become free from the moral liability of that sin. Remember when David committed adultery and David committed murder? And the Bible says that the prophet was coming to slay David. And David finally confessed his sins. And the prophet said, David, your sins are forgiven. You're free. But the sword shall not depart from your house. In other words, you're free from the wage of your sin. But the moral liability of your sin has not been paid for yet. And so the sword, and so you look at David, David was free, David was set free, David was delivered, he was forgiven, but his children became the very sin that David had committed. His children became murderers, they were violent, they were adulterers, they were immoral. Why? Because he was free, but not yet through Jesus was he free indeed. Do you understand? Are you with me? The word Christ means the burden removing. The burden of our sin is death. Somebody has to pay the price for our sin. How many of you have ever sinned? How many of you sinned since you've been a Christian? Somebody had to die for your sin. Who died for it? Jesus died for your sin. No matter what you've done, I don't care if it's murder, I don't care if it's thieving, I don't care if it's lying, I don't care what it is, when you receive Christ as your Savior, the burden of that sin is removed. But he's not just the burden removing. He is the yoke destroying. He is the one, when you commit sin, you're a slave to the moral liability of that sin. You end up reaping what you sow unless you know the truth. And when you know the truth, it makes you not only free from the burden, but free indeed from the bondage of that yoke or the penalty of that sin. Christ, Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Christ is the burden removing. He's removed that burden of sin from us. He is the yoke destroying. Why is the burden removed? Why is the burden removed? Because somebody had to die for our sin. Right? Okay. Why is the yoke removed? Not because Jesus died, but watch this. Not because he died, but because of where he died. Now look at this verse again in verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse 
forest, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, now look at me, church, and those of you who are listening by tape, listen to me. Jesus could have been stoned. Jesus could have been hung. Jesus could have been killed in many different ways. But he was specifically killed because he had to die for us so that the wages of our sin was paid for, the burden was removed, but he died on the cross so that the yoke of our sin or the curse of our sin can be broken. Deuteronomy says that if someone commits such a horrible sin that they have to be crucified or killed on a cross, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, they're going to stone her. So if you're going to hang on a tree or if you're going to be hung on a cross, you have to have the worst sin committed. And the the Jews understood that if somebody hung on a cross, that that person was such a horrible sinner that God himself cursed the person who hung on a cross. The Old Testament teaches us that if someone dies on a cross, that they have to bring that person off of the cross before the sun sets. Because if they're still on the cross after the sun sets, then the curse that God put on that person who's on the cross now goes onto that land and onto those people. Now go with me to when Jesus hung on the cross. Do you remember when Jesus was hanging there? And the Bible says that they came by and they were going to break his legs so that as he hung on the cross, he would die before the sun sets because he would die from suffocation. And if they broke his legs, he couldn't hold himself up anymore. And that's the way you died on the cross. You suffocated. And when they couldn't hold themselves up anymore, they would, the weight of their body would suffocate their lungs and they would die that way. But they knew because of the curse that they had to have that person die before the sunset came down. But when they got to Jesus, he was already dead. He not only died for our sin to remove the burden, but he died on the cross because he then became a curse for us and remove the yoke that came along with the sins that we have committed. So we not only plead the blood of Jesus that he died for our sin, but that the curse of our sin, that family curse, that generational curse that has been in our family can be broken because he took my sin, but he also took the curse of my sin, and that sin has been broken. Samuel said to David, your sins are forgiven but the sword shall not depart from your house. Do you understand now why Jesus said you can be free? But who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's double freedom. So many Christians only receive one level of their freedom. My sins are forgiven. That's right. But folks, he died on the cross, so the curse of our sin is broken forever through the blood of Jesus Christ. Turn with me. Let me give you one more scripture here. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Not only did he die for my sin, but he became a curse for me so that every time the devil tries to tell me he has an inroad to curse my life. Folks, the devil can curse my finances. He can't curse my marriage. He can't curse my body. He can't curse my family. He can't curse my church. He can't curse my ministry. Why? Because Jesus, number one, forgave me of my sin, and he became a curse for me. There is no inroad. Do you understand? 
the devil, if the devil tries to bring a curse in your life, he is trespassing on blood-bought property, but, you, but most Christians don't rise up and rebuke the curse because they think they deserve it because of a sin they've committed. How many of you have committed a sin since you've been born again? Every one of us in here has, to some degree or another, sinned since we've been born again. How many Christians say, well, I'm just paying the price for my sin. I'm forgiven but I'm paying the price for my sin. No, the price has already been paid by his death and that he died on the cross. The curse cannot come in. Amen? See, it can't come, it can't come in. If you understand this, you're going to make a mistake while you're serving God. Should we then sin? God forbid. But you're going to make a mistake. The moment you say, Jesus, forgive me, the sin is forgiven and the curse is broken because he still died on the cross. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross, everybody say the cross, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Now I want you to notice, he didn't say just the death of Christ. He didn't just say the blood of Christ. He didn't just say the resurrection of Christ. He said the cross of the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Folks, the cross. Somebody shout the cross. The cross is the reason why the devil is not allowed, unless we let him through ignorance, is not allowed to bring a curse in any area of our lives. He's not allowed to. Look at, look at verse 18. For the message of, what does it say? The cross. Folks, that's in there for a reason. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The word perishing means an ongoing destruction. It's, we're saved, we're born again, but the devil is trespassing in our lives, in our marriages, in our health, in, in whatever area. Why? Because, listen to me, is Jesus the name above all names? Amen. Greater is he that's in us than anything that can come against us? Yeah. Then why does the devil defeat so many Christians? I'll tell you, Hosea says it, because my people are destroyed for their lack of understanding. We don't understand. So many Christians, they, they receive Christ as Savior, but they don't understand the power of the cross. Look at verse 18 again. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. They don't understand it, and so they're being constantly destroyed in areas of their lives. But to us who are, now look at this. How many of you are born again? Okay, but look at this next term here. Those of you that are listening by tape, go underline this in your Bible. But to us who are being saved. Now, I'm born again. If Jesus were to come back right now, you and I would make heaven our home. Amen? But the Bible says here, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The reason why the Lord puts that in there is he's not talking about our salvation as far as sins forgiven. The word saved is the Greek word sozo, which means to be forgiven, to be healed, to be blessed, to be prosperous, to be delivered. 
So until you and I go to be with Jesus, there is an ongoing process of God delivering us and setting us free and blessing us and keeping us healthy and healing us and prospering us. And so we're not talking about being forgiven, but we're, be, we're talking about being sozoed. We're talking about living a life every day. Somebody say every day. Every, gang, every day in victory through the name and the blood of Jesus because he hung on the cross. He didn't just die for me, but he died for us on the cross. The burden is removed, and the yoke of the sins that we've committed in the past is broken once and for all because of the message of the cross of Christ. Somebody shout amen. We ought to give Jesus a clap offering for that revelation. Amen. Jesus removed the burden. Those of you that are listening by tape, the burden is removed. We hear Christians all the time saying, well, I'm just paying the price. I've got to pay the price. Let me give you a tremendous revelation. The price has been paid in full. When Jesus hung on the cross, folks, he said, it is finished. The price has been paid in full. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one of God. He is the burden removing. You and I are going to make heaven our home. The burden of our sin has been paid for in full. Past sins, present sins, future sins, God forbid, is paid for in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not going to heaven because we don't smoke, cuss, or chew, or go out with those who do. We're going to heaven because Jesus paid the price in full. The burden is removed. But let me give you a revelation that's going to set your marriage free. It's going to set your finances free. It's going to set your ministry free. It's going to set your kids free. Not only is he the burden removing, but he is also the yoke destroying we're not just free we are free indeed double free somebody say double free you know what we ought to make t-shirts and say i'm double free amen we ought to get hats and say i'm double we have banners say i bumper stickers i'm double free in jesus christ who the sun sets free is free indeed how many of you are free if you're free Indeed, give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Salvation gang has no condition to it. All you have to do is receive Christ as your Savior. Salvation to the degree of forgiveness of sin. But if you want the fullness, somebody say fullness. If you want the fullness of your salvation, then there is a condition. Look at this. If you abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Then Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whosoever commits a sin is a slave to the sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son abides forever. Now watch this, verse 36. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now I want you to underline that word this morning, indeed. The word indeed in the Greek is the word, and let me say it slowly, eliotheraoa. Eliotheraoa, and it means no longer a slave, 
become unrestrained, liberated, now watch this, and exempt from mortal liability. He said, when the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. You are totally free. You are totally delivered. You are free from all the bondage and, now watch this, all the limitations that Satan has tried to put on your life and you are free to receive all that Jesus purchased for you through his blood. Not just on the cross, but from the garden to the whipping post to the crown to the hands to the feet to the spear in his side. You become totally, somebody shout totally. You become totally liberated. Now, here's the Word of God, and it's something that has been dealing with me. Free indeed, indeed, not just free, but free indeed. And as I began to pray about this, I said, Lord, you know, to be honest with you, there's a lot of Christians that are not free indeed. Tiz and I served God for 15, 16 years and still had a spirit of poverty on us. There's a lot of Christians. I served God for the first two or three years and had a spirit of anger on me. And I was born again. I received Christ, but I was not free indeed. Indeed, and God spoke this to me, and he says, it's there through the blood, but it's the truth that you understand that brings you that freedom. It's the truth you understand. That's why the devil tries to keep you out of church. That's why the devil tries to keep you from reading the Bible. That's why the devil wants you to listen to K-Rock instead of listen to tapes. Amen? How many ever found it hard to read the Bible? You know, you get up to read the Bible. I mean, you can stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning watching television, but at 9 o'clock, you can start reading the Bible. You're in the... Be Why? Because it's not the truth that makes you free. Now, listen to me. It's the truth you understand that makes you free. Now, let me show you something here. This is going to be powerful this morning. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. And I'm going to show you something that many of you have never seen before. This is so good. Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 13. The Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now I want you to look at this, and I want you to break this down with me this morning. First off, the Word of God says Christ has redeemed us from the curse. It does not say here Jesus redeemed us, but it says Christ redeemed us. Now, we use the word Christ, and because we use it so often without understanding what it means, it loses its meaning. People all the time in cussing say, well, Jesus Christ. But what they really are saying is something that the Bible is not saying. It's not just saying like Jesus Christ, like his title, or Jesus Christ, like his last name. And cussing would change if people would say, instead of, oh, Jesus Christ, they would say, Jesus, the anointed one of God. Because that's what the word Christ means. Now let me say it again. So when you say, or when you read Jesus Christ, or Christ, or you hear somebody cuss, all you do is say, you know what Christ means? It means the anointed one of God. Can you imagine somebody cussing out in the street and go, Oh, Jesus, the anointed Holy One of God. That's what the word Christ means. Now, let me slow this down so you get it. That is what the word Christ means. It is not a title like Pastor Huck or an evangelist or this or that. It's, it's not, it's not uh, his last name. It is describing who Jesus is. So when the scripture says Christ has redeemed us 
It means Christ, the anointed one of God, has redeemed us. Now watch this. Has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now I want you to think about this. We learned this in the Old Testament where the word Christ means the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Now, understand this. My people are destroyed for their lack of understanding. Folks, I pastored for 15 years not understanding what Jesus has done for us or how he did it. Why he did it, how he did it, or what he did. This scripture says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The word Christ means the burden removing. The wages, what is the burden that he removed? Well, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Are you with me so far? Okay, you sinned, I sinned, we've all sinned. Big sin, little sin, we've all done it. And so therefore we are worthy of death. So Christ died and removed the burden of that sin so that you and I could live. Amen? But he did more. The anointed one is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. The yoke that we have, if you see a yoke of oxen or you see a yoke of horses, it is someone who is trapped to the one next to him. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, and he who commits sin is a slave to the sin, or if we could say he is yoked to that sin. Amen? Now, why is that? Nobody, listen to me, nobody that's a drug addict wants to be a drug addict. Nobody, you know, when they're in third grade and they fill out, what do you want to be when you grow up? Nobody fills out a prostitute. Nobody fills out, I want to be divorced four times. Nobody fills out, I want to be a junkie. Nobody fills out, I'd like to spend the rest of my life in prison. And yet this happens to people all the time. Why? Because they don't understand that Jesus did more than relieve us of our bondage, but he removed the burden, he has the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. He removed the burden, which is the wages of sin, and he destroyed the yoke, which links us and does not allow us to be free to that sin. Now watch this. We know that Jesus died for our sins. That's how we got the burden-removing. That's how the anointing of burden-removing. But did you ever wonder why he died on the cross? Did you ever wonder why he died that specific way? Now follow me here because the truth will make you free. Nothing in the word of God is accidental. They could have shot him. They could have tortured him. They could have beaten him to death. They could have, they could have killed him in many different ways. When Jesus hung on that tree, they were around him, and they're saying, come down from the tree, come down from the tree. But folks, it wasn't enough that he died for our sins anyway. He had to die on the tree for a reason. Turn with me now to the book of Deuteronomy. Are you all with me so far? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 21. I want to say this slow so that you get it and you've got it forever. It wasn't enough in God's eternal plan 
that he died for your sins. He didn't just come to remove the burden, but he also came to destroy the yoke. Let me say it again while you're turning there. It wasn't enough that he removed in God's plan. It was not enough that he removed the burden of sin. Because the wages of sin is death. Somebody had to die for your sin and my sin. And that's why when Jesus hung on that cross and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At that moment, he became, now follow me on this, he became every sin known to mankind. Doesn't matter what sin man does, Jesus took that upon himself at that time. But he not only took the wages of sin by dying, but he took the curse of sin by hanging on the tree. Now read with me in Deuteronomy chapter 21. Look at verse 22. If a man has committed a sin worthy of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on that tree, his body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him in that same day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, because he who is hanged on a tree is cursed from God. God said, if somebody is to die because of the sin they committed, they may stone him, they may... And, and for the most part, stoning was the, the, the worst kind of death for the worst kind of sinner. But every once in a while, someone was such a vile sinner and had done something so vile that every once in a while, extremely rare amongst the Jewish people, they would nail him or hang him on a tree. And God said, if someone is that vile of a sinner that you don't even stone him. See, they stoned prostitutes, the worst kind of sinners. They stoned the blasphemers of God. They stoned these. That's the worst kind of execution. But every once in a while they would find someone so vile that they would hang them on a tree and because of the vileness of this sin that was worthy of hanging on a tree, this person was cursed from God. And so they said, so that curse is not passed on to you and your children and to your land which God has given you as inheritance. Don't let that guy hang up there overnight. Let him die and then get him down because the curse will spread over your land. Now watch this. The Bible teaches you and I that a father's sins are passed down to the third and the fourth generation. Now I want you to understand, even though God has nothing but good for us, you and I, if our parents are godly and under the blood, we receive that inheritance. But if they're not, we receive the inheritance of their sin. That's why child, children who are molested as a child without the blood of Jesus will become a child molester. That's why people who are raised in a home of a drunk and see how horrible it was that mom or dad were drunks or drug addicts, they will probably become a drunk or a drug addict. Someone who's raised in a violent home probably will become a violent person. Why? Because that curse has been passed down from generation to generation. That's where we get the saying, like father, like son. Now follow me here. Jesus did not just die for our sin, but he died on the cross because Jesus wanted to do more than give an atonement for our sin. 
Now, follow me here. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is the one-time, all-time sacrifice for sin. But Jews could always have their sins atoned. They could bring a bullock, they could bring a sheep, they could bring a dove, and they could have their sins atoned. The blood atonement on the mercy seat was always available to the Jews. Now, through Jesus, it's passed on to you heathen Gentiles. But even though their sins were atoned, the sins of the fathers or the curse of that sin was never atoned. David was a murderer and an adulterer. And we know that Samuel the prophet was going to come and God was going to kill David because of his sins. David repented and Samuel, now watch this, Samuel said, your sins are forgiven, but, but the sword shall not depart from your house. And even though David's sins were forgiven and became a great man of God and he became the king of Israel, his family were all murderers and adulterers. Why? Because the curse of the father was passed down from generation to generation. Are you with me? The atonement was there. The blood atonement was available. The mercy of God was there. But man was never able to break that curse of sin. So the Bible teaches the Jews that if someone hangs on a tree, he is cursed of God. Now I want you to picture Jesus. When Jesus died because the wages of sin is death, I've sinned, you've sinned, we've sinned, we've all sinned, all God's children are sinners. When he died, he took our sins upon him. But not only did he take our sins upon him, but he took the curse of our sins and he took the curse of our parents' sins and he took the curse of our grandparents' sins and he not only became sin for us, but he became the curse of those sins and that's why he didn't just die, but he died on the tree so that I could say, Lord, I receive you as my savior, but you know what? I don't have to be a drug addict anymore. I don't have to be an alcoholic anymore. I don't have to be like my mom and dad who said, I I had to be like anymore I could not only be forgiven but I can be free and I can be free indeed somebody shout amen but that's what blood bought's all about when Adam blew it in the Garden of Eden the first Adam blew it in the Garden of Eden when God said don't you eat of that tree and Adam virtually said not your will but my will be done and he went and ate of the tree the second Adam not in the Garden of Eden but in the Garden of Gethsemane said Lord nonetheless not my will but your will be done and he sweat as great drops of blood my friend he purchased for you and I through the blood of Jesus willpower and then when he died on that tree the curse of all mankind was broken once and for all and mom and dad may have been junkies but we're set free indeed mom and dad may have been suicidal but we're set free indeed mom and dad may have been poor but we're redeemed from the curse indeed somebody shout amen 
See, there's a lot of God's people sitting there. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Let me show you something here. There's a lot of God's people sitting around that are born again, that love Jesus, that are on their way to heaven, but you're sitting under the bondage of anger. You're sitting under the bondage of depression. You're sitting under the bondage of, of poverty. You're sitting under the bondage of drug addiction. You're sitting under the bondage of illegitimacy. You're sitting under the bondage of sickness and disease. You're sitting under the bondage of divorce. It's epidemic, and you've claimed that Jesus died for your sin but folks you need to claim today that not only did he die for your sin but he removed the burden he removed the yoke he broke the sin and he broke the curse of that sin somebody ought to give Jesus a big hand clap y'all look like the dead in Christ this morning amen let me show you something that most of you have never seen how many of you are saved no you're not you're forgiven, but you're still being saved. Say, uh oh, it sounds like a Calvin doctrine. No, no, this is a ghost doctrine. Let me show you 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 17. For Christ, Paul speaking, he says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross. Everybody say the cross. Say the tree make a box around the word cross and put there the tree so every time you see the cross you realize that he hung on the tree because cursed is everyone who hung on the tree and I remind you he didn't just take my sins he took my family curse somebody shout amen lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect the cross he didn't even say here the death of Christ because it doesn't just mean the death it means the death on the cross amen do you understand and you know when I begin to study this every time I look at a cross it makes me realize that he not only died for me but he set me free indeed amen now watch this that the cross of Christ the cross of Christ should be made of no effect for the message of the say it out loud for the message of the cross See, it's not just the death. The death is the first part. The death is the main part. But the death is not the whole part. The death is the burden removing. But the cross is the yoke destroying. Is anybody catching this? Now watch this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Now watch the rest of this. But to us who are being saved being saved it is the power of god so underline the term being saved say no pastor i got saved the day i got I, day i knelt and received christ as my savior no 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 you got born again the day you received christ as your savior but the word salvation is the word sozo which means being healed and being delivered and being blessed how many of you are not yet finished being blessed did you hear what i'm saying to the power of God. Somebody say the power of God. Power. Say the power of the cross. Power. Say the power of the Christ. Power. Say the burden removing. Burden. Yoke destroying. Power, power of God. Power. To those of us who are being saved. We're not yet finished. Look out devil. We're not done being delivered. We're not done being healed. We're not done being set free. We're not done being blessed. We're not done being prosperous. We're not done being powerful. We're not done being resurrected. Because that same power lies in us. 
Is anybody catching this? See, I've walked around for 15 years born again. Born again, linked to poverty. Born again, linked to anger. Born again, linked, yoked to, to small thinking. Born again, yoked to the devil and all these things that, that from my past. Well, you know what? I'm doing pretty good compared to what my family did. Well, you know what? I'm doing better compared to what this happened, that happened. But folks, he not only removed the burden of sin, which is death, but he broke the yoke of bondage, which is the curse that's on mankind. And you and I, in every area, have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen with me. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. He is the Christ. He is the burden removing. The first and most important thing is, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what sin you've committed. He is the burden removing. The wage of sin is death. And let me say this. Doesn't matter how bad your sin is. Doesn't matter how big of a sinner you are or how little of a sinner you are. You and I are sinners. And the wages of that sin is death. My friend, the wages of our sin is eternal damnation. The wages of our sin is temporary damnation. That's why the world's full of divorce. That's why the world's full of sickness. That's why the world's full of AIDS. That's why the world's full of suicide. That's why the world's full of racism. That's why the world's full of anger. Because the wages of sin is not only an eternal death, but the devil is killing your life, your blessing, your marriage, your home, your finances. Folks, Poverty was never part of the plan of God. Sickness is never part of the plan of God. Racism and hatred and violence has never been the part of the plan of God. It's all the results of the bondages or the burden of sin. So the first thing is that we receive Christ as the resurrected Savior, that we can become born again. That's the first thing. He is not just Jesus. He is Jesus Christ, the anointed one of God with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. And it's there for you.